When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast, where top football coaches from around the country share their stories, philosophies, concepts, and strategies to help you get better on and off the field. Now, here's your host, Keith Grabowski. Hey, coaches, before we get going today, I just wanted to thank you for all you've been doing to support this podcast, and we have an incredible lineup coming up here. We have just about every major college conference represented. We have a ton of FBS coaches, Division II coaches, Division III coaches, some great high school football coaches coming on the podcast to share with you and help you grow professionally during this time. I really appreciate all of you asking your questions on Twitter. Please follow me at Coach K Grabowski for our daily updates on our guests and your opportunity to ask questions. We will read them on the show and attribute those to you. Um, So please contribute to the show as much as you can. I also want to talk to you a little bit about our football development model, which is something we've rolled out here at USA Football. And this is really for you to uh, be able to help your youth football programs develop. It's about a long-term athlete development plan. It's something that comes off of the American development model, which is something that the USOC has put together. The idea is that we're able to teach skills in a progression starting at the youngest ages. We're also looking at the different game types we have, whether that's flag, which is non-contact, limited contact games like padded flag or tackle bar, and full contact, and the right progressions for contact teaching there as well. Be sure to check out all we do at footballdevelopment.com and check out what we're doing with the FDM, the football development model, at usafootball.com backslash fdm.usafootball.com. On today's episode of the Coaching Coordinator Podcast, we're joined by the head football coach of the Division II National Champions, West Florida University, Coach Pete Shinnick. Coach, it's great to have you here again and be talking ball with you. Oh, thanks for having me on again. I I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. And Coach, uh, the last time you and I talked, we did share a little bit about your background and the things you did really to take a, a program from starting up and pretty quickly getting it to national prominence. And so for our listeners, we'll link in our show notes back to that podcast so they can hear some of that. Today, we're going to focus on basically what's happened in, in between the time where you finished runner up to the time that you're national champion and even beyond that. And, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing to do to, to reach that pinnacle, to reach that game. And it's probably even more difficult to win it and, and then get back again. And I was sharing with you a statistic before we got going. 
when you look at the Super Bowls and all that we've played, I believe the number we, we uh, when talking to some coaching friends that we came up with was 64% of the Super Bowls have been won by 13 coaches. So it says a lot about how difficult that is. Well, that, that's an amazing stat as we were talking, and it, it does give you a little bit of insight as to if you can tap into what you've been able to do. Obviously, there's other guys out there who have won or are outside that percentage, but how do you tap into that twice? And I think that's really, you know, what everybody is kind of looking at. And you, you look at, you know, Alabama, Clemson, and, you know, North Dakota State. Obviously, those three programs have found something to tap into to find their way back into the conversation every time. And so for us, you know, that's kind of where we're at. I mean, looking at, you know, two national championship appearances in the last three years, you know, I think our success in 2019 really played off of what we learned in 2017. And as much as, you know, what we learned in 2018, I I think I give, you know, we went six and five at one point in time, we were five and one. And our only loss was to the number six team in the country at the time. And then we ended up having, you know, we ended up having injuries. We ended up having some things take place. But with all that being said, three of our last four losses, we ended up going five and one to begin the season. We went one and four to end the season. But three of our last four losses, with 10 minutes to go in every one of those losses, we were either tied or within seven of our team that we lost to. So we tried to parlay everything we learned in 17, everything we learned in 18, to put us in a position in 19, you know, to figure out how how it was all going to play out and what it was going to look like. And with all that, and with all that focus, and with all that, you know, thought process, you know, we came out and lost our first game by seven points. So <laughs> we, had, we had put a lot of work in to get in 2019 the way we wanted it, but it didn't start the way we'd hoped. Yeah, well, it, it definitely ended the way you hoped, being able to, to get that national championship, hoist that trophy, put that ring on. But, you know, as we started with this, you know, in, in a, a huge challenge, right? You have all those things as you win and you're successful. And, and some teams maybe who were surprised that they got there or didn't expect to get there, you know, they, they come away from it and, it, you know, that's the accomplishment, right? And I'm, a lot of teams, though, uh, a lot of guys walk away from that, you know, not satisfied. Having gotten that far and just missed out, you know, not satisfied with the results. And I'm sure that's been the approach. So the, I guess the last time you and I left off, it was after that 2017 season. And we did talk about, you know, some of those specifics that you're going to do. So as you look back now at the, uh, the last two seasons and kind of focusing on just some of the key things you've done, whether those have been off the field, in, in your classroom, uh, on the practice field, even in games, uh, what sticks out as some of the adjustments that have allowed you both from a mindset and I guess a skill set to be able to get there and finally reach the pinnacle? Yeah, I, I think going back to 17, you know, we created during that process, you know, I, I would think just a, a belief in each other and 
a standard that we felt like we had to play at. For a long time, I've had the philosophy that I'm going to expect to win, but we're going to meet that expectation with smart, hard work. Smart, hard work is one of our core values. We have, we have three core values that we talk about a lot, unity, positive energy, and smart, hard work. And so, you know, when we say we expect to win, that doesn't mean we're arrogant. It doesn't mean that we don't respect our opponent. It just means we're, we're going to expect to win, but we're going to meet that with smart, hard work. And we've really taken that core value and turned it into really everything that we do. So as we're preparing, as we're building a practice plan, as we're practicing, we're trying to look for ways to, you know, apply smart, hard work to everything that we're doing. You know, we'll tell our guys, hey, somebody might practice longer than us, but nobody's going to practice smarter than us. And really getting every guy to buy into that mentality so that we're not wasting a rep, so that we're not misusing our time. And, you know, we've we've applied different teaching techniques that play a part of that. I think we talked about this last time. You know, we I mean, flip coaching, flip teaching is, you know, something that we use. Took it from the educational system where you film your install or your meeting before you actually get into the room with your guys, have them watch that on huddle or whatever device they have so that when you come into the meeting, and we do this a lot with our install, we don't do it every day, but we do it a lot with our install. When you come into the meeting, now guys have already watched it, and instead of trying to teach it, you are just reviewing it. And, you know, it it was adopted in a lot of educational circles as a way to spend the classroom time doing homework as opposed to sending kids off to their homes to do homework with just notes. Well, let's watch let's let's watch the lecture before we get there. So that's one example of things that we have tried to do to live up to that. And so we've tried to create in our guys' minds that you, you know, look, we've got the preparation in that's going to take us to where we want to go. And then I think the other thing that really kind of came out of 17 and has really held true, you know, we believe that our best, when we play our best football, and if every guy's playing his best, we believe our best can beat anybody in the country. And so, you know, I say, I tell our guys, our best is good enough to beat anybody. Our good's probably going to get us beat, and our average is going to get us killed. So, we're living up to smart, hard work and playing at our best and really trying to drive that home, you know, simple themes, trying to drive that home on a day-to-day basis with all of our guys. Yeah, Coach, I, I want to, and I know we talked about the flip learning before, but I'm interested in, I guess, maybe any little tweaks or advancements you found as, as the technology continues to improve and different things come about. Any kind of tips or things that really have worked well for you that that you guys have added in these last two years or I guess again making making those adjustments to get you to where you want to be or to a better place yeah I I think we're constantly evolving with and and we use huddle as our as our video platform we're constantly evolving with huddle as to how to get information to our players how to get feedback from our players so I mean all of our communication all of our responses We've also gone to, you know, testing our players different ways through cahoots or other other platforms that just 
give you an immediate response. And what's been interesting, you know, now that we're all quarantined or, you know, none of us can meet together, you know, those platforms have been able to, you know, for us to just continue to advance what we're doing, you know, so getting our installs out, getting our, our teaching videos, you know, doing voiceovers, all of that is really now playing out where, you know, our entire team is spread out, you know, across the country. And I think, you know, always trying to find out, you know, where guys are and how they learn, you know, is part of this developmenting process as you go through, you know, each year your roster changes, learning styles change. So what this has done is really given us an opportunity to kind of stay abreast of that and how guys do it. Uh, I think the other thing that we, you know, we dove into a little more was, you know, just a little more behavioral analysis of guys, what triggers shutdowns in guys, what, you know, what gets them irritated quickly, how, you know, how different personality types respond to, you know, different adversities. And, you know, I've always been fascinated with, you know, with how everybody, you know, how every personality reacts to things. And so we've just continued to try to, you know, process that and see how we can apply that to who we are and what we're trying to get done. Yeah, the, the the flip learning is is just an incredible format. And you can use, you know, whether I've seen coaches use Google, Cahoots is another one. I can't remember. I had a quizzing platform we used. I know we just had Jonathan Brewer on, who's a senior offensive analyst at, at the U out there in Florida by you guys. We're talking about how they use a program called Just Play to do exactly that. It's, you know, all in one streamlined system. I had used it before when it first came out with my players and it was just an incredible system. But whatever you do right now, especially I think you guys at the NCAA level with the limitations put on you, if if you had those things in place, you guys are a little bit of ahead of the curve right now in being able to keep your players learning. I know there's there's a lot of other staffs around the country kind of scrambling for what are we allowed to do and how do we do it? I agree. And I think, you know, the complete shutdown of our organizations from a, you know, we we are a face-to-face industry. We are a hands-on industry. And to now be thrown into, hey, you can only contact people via FaceTime or you can only do this, you can only do that. Well, I mean, you know, this would have been day two of spring ball for us. We're still trying to get better. We're we're still trying to find a way to keep our players up to speed as to what we're doing. And I feel good that we're a little bit ahead of the curve because we already had certain things in place that make it easy for guys to do that. And, and again, I, I mean, I think the huddle format is and, – and, and you mentioned other, other ways and other things that we're doing and, you know, whatever it is. But I, I'll tell you, huddle's been fantastic. You know, all you need is the Internet. You got an opportunity to – send a cut up to somebody or send a teaching tool or send an install out so that guys are viewing it and staying up to speed as to what you're trying to get done. Because the, the other thing I was really interested as you talked about it is what you're doing, you know, with those triggers or, you know, how players get irritated, how they respond to adversity. My, My biggest question is how are you studying that either what's the method or what are the things you're using to be able to, dig into those kinds of things because that behavioral side you you would agree I'm sure is just a huge part of whether you're going to have success or not on game day 
Yeah, I agree. And I mean, it, I, I become fascinated with, you know, how guys learn and, you know, I've run into it in certain situations where certain guys are verbal learners and then, you know, certain guys are visual learners, content, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, we, we, we had a situation this year where I verbally explained something to a young man that I felt he could easily accomplish. And we had just driven 74 yards. We were down versus Valdosta State. It's the second round of the playoffs. They're number one in the country. And we just had driven 74 yards down the field. We're down 35 to 31. And there's five seconds to go in the game. And I verbally explained to my second guy that I wanted to do this with because my first guy had just caught five passes for 74 yards and was completely exhausted. He would have been the guy who could execute this. And, you know, the young man got it right midway through the play. We end up scoring. We end up winning. But, you know, in that train of thought, I'm sitting there going, okay, that guy, you know, I, I should have known that. He, he's a visual learner. That's on me. We got it right. We end up winning the game. So with, with that, you know, that's kind of what spurred the thought process, uh, you know, in, in me about 15 years ago is, you know, hey, personality types matter and um, behavioral traits matter. And so how, how does a guy learn, but how does he see things? And so what we try to do with, with really every guy is identify what are the triggers that, you know, set this guy off. Okay. You know, a, a lot of young men today, they say, hey, you can coach me however you want, but we're going to ask them, how do you want, you know, how do you handle this type of coaching? You know, we got a program that's, I think, unique because we don't use profanity in our program. We got a no cussing policy. It's just something that we believe in, something that, you know, I've done ever since I've been a head coach and really as a position coach. But that doesn't mean we don't, you know, yell at guys or, you know, when guys aren't hustling or you guys are selfish, you know, we're, we're going to yell at guys. Some guys don't handle, you know, any type of yelling or any type of confrontation. So the first thing we try to do is figure out, you know, what can they handle, but then also what are their triggers? And so we try to put in place for each guy, okay, this guy is only going to respond if you talk to him one-on-one. -on -one. So, takes time, but I got to stop the drill. I got to go get with him one-on-one. -on -one. I got to be with him face-to-face. -face. Certain guys, as you know, man, you can yell across the practice field. They'll get it and they'll be fine. So you really end up identifying how do I communicate to the guys that I think are going to be the problem guys, and then how do I communicate to everybody across the board? And so we try to spend time beforehand Again, we want our practices to be efficient. We want our practices to be ones of smart, hard work. So as we are going, before we get out on the practice field, we're going, okay, what guys do we feel need to be reminded of how we do things? What guys need to be reminded of, uh, you know, things aren't going well. We need to check their behavior. And we really kind of talk about it, you know, almost, you know, a couple times a week, or, you know, in spring ball, pretty much before each practice, all right, who do we need to remind? Who do we need to, you know, make sure their body language is the way we want it? 
you know, we're, we're coming into some, you know, difficult situations in practice. You know, who do we need to talk to beforehand? Who do we need to speak to afterwards? And, you know, it, it comes back to just a lot of communication and then a lot of relationship building. And then I think, you know, bottom line is with this generation and really all generations, want to know that they can trust you and want to know that, you know, you believe in them and then that gets them believing in you. I couldn't agree with you more, Coach. On the, I think a lot of us learn how to do that as coaches and start to know those players. And I think as, as you're in this profession longer, you start to be more uh, attuned to that. From you know, a coaching staff perspective, you know, you got a hundred some guys on your team. And that's a lot of guys to know. Systematically, how do you guys go about learning those different things about your players? Is it all anecdotal? Is there any kind of kind of test or, or battery or scenario you put them through? Yeah, we we've done the Myers Briggs with guys, and then we've we've also you know kind of analyzed how guys handle certain situations, how they handle confrontation, how they handle success, how they handle failure. So you're obviously, you know, when a guy comes in as a freshman, you're building a portfolio for him as to what does he like, you know, and then obviously, is he an introvert? Is he an extrovert? And, you know, there, there's some, you know, there, there's some really, I think, telling signs with each guy you know, that is going to separate him. The majority of your guys are going to be fine, as, 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 you know, as we talked about. It's now, what is, how does this one guy deal with it? And, you know, one guy can take away from a great day. One guy can take away from the mood of a, you know, of a great practice by his poor behavior. So as we look at each guy, then, I, you know, the next component that we do is, and, and we were talking about this as we're getting ready to add a couple guys to this year's roster still, you know, what is, what does that room look like? So if, if, if you, whatever position it is, if, if, if you got a room with four or five guys in there and let's say it's your, it's your, you know, it's your O-line room that you're going to have 20 guys in there. If four or five of those guys are, you know, some of these guys that we're talking about that, you know, need a little extra more or have a few more issues that are harder to deal with, well, we don't want to add any more personality types like that into that room. That room's already got enough. And so we, we want to now, does that make sense? Because we, we don't want to add to that problem. And so if I got a room that doesn't have anybody, let's say take my linebacker group that has about 18 guys in it, you know, if that group doesn't have anybody, then you go, okay, well, hey, I think that I think this room's comfortable to take a guy that we can work with that, you know, might be able to, you, you, you know, come in and, you, you know, we can spend a little more time with. You don't want to overwhelm that position coach. You don't want to overwhelm that position group. You're never going to have a team – I don't think that is, you know, 100% perfect the way you want it. But to me, that's coaching. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to take every young man where he is, and we want to send him out here, out of here, a better husband, a better father, a better employer, a better employee. We want to build on the foundation. Some guys come to our program, great family lives, great foundations. And, hey, we're just, we're just building the little things. We're, we're, we're just helping them, you know, straighten certain things up. Some guys come to our program, they haven't had the, the opportunity to, you know, come from that type of background. Well, that's fine. We, we, we want to build, 
build a great foundation for them, whatever, whatever they came in with, and add to it. And so, you know, as we look at who we bring in, I think the recruiting process obviously is crucial. We're a very relational staff. Who is this young man? You know, what triggers him? How does he handle things? What do his coaches say about him? You know, what does his transcript say about him? So, you know, we're trying to learn as much as we can through the obvious ways of doing it, but then also being wise as to who we're adding and, you know, what, you know what's that going to look like, not only as him as an individual, but what's it going to look like with him in that position group? Man, this, this is really in, intriguing stuff and really the first time I've ever heard anybody talk about these kinds of things for your coaching staff as you've implemented this. What kind of training, I guess, have, have you had to give them and again, you know, pre- preparing them to be able to look at things this way? Because it, it is not necessarily the norm to, again, kind of systematize something like that. Yeah, you know, it's really been a process. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, you know, and our, our kind of our coaching manual deals with, you know, just different aspects of, you, you know, our program, how we handle a disgruntled player, you know, a disinterested player, a lot of the behavioral aspects of, you know, kind of what we're, what we're talking about. It really starts with, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how we want to do it. Um, you know, uh, to kind of shift into that, we, we, you know, every year in our program, we're going to go through a John Gordon book. Again, one of our core values is positive energy. And so to me, John Gordon's as uh, good a guy out there as to, you know, positive energy. So through the four books that we go through, you know, we go through the energy bus, which was the one we did our first year. And we'll do that again. This is, we're coming back to energy bus this year. We'll go through energy bus training camp. We'll go through how to win in the locker room and we'll go through the power of a positive team and we'll do each one a different year. So again, this year we're coming back up on energy bus. And so part of, part of that is, you know, dealing with negativity, but also how to be positive, which again, plays into our core values. So from a behavioral aspect, it's trying to, you know, rip out the negativity. What is negativity? What does that look like? Well, negativity is bad posture. Negativity is, you know, getting down on a teammate for something he shouldn't be getting down on him. We, you know, positivity is trying to find a way to encourage your teammate, trying to promote your teammate, trying to lift up your teammate. It doesn't mean there isn't criticism in there. It just means we're not doing it in a way where we're completely dogging a guy. We're completely ripping a guy. And again, that goes back to one of our, you know, one of our guidelines. And our, one of our guidelines is no cussing. We tell our guys, look, we're not going to cuss at you. We're not going to demean you. We're not going to degrade you. You know, it's not going to be personal. It's going to be instructional. And really, most of our yelling in practice, a lot of it is encouragement. Anything from any other aspect would really be where a guy's being selfish or a guy's being lazy. And so as I've built the staff and I I have great men who work with me, you know, they got to buy into this. And that's part of the hiring process. Hey, look, this is stuff that we believe in. This is stuff that we're really going to do. It's not just a manual that we put out there that, you, you, you know, we're never going to look at. We follow this stuff. We talk about this stuff on a daily basis. Uh, we're continuing to ingrain it in our players. 
And so I've been blessed really with great men who are great examples of this. And then as we bring people in, they see quickly as, okay, hey, these guys do believe in this. Okay, hey, this is, this is true. And I've you know, had to hire a new wide receiver coach, Al Vance Robbins. We hired him in really late, late July as our wide receiver coach ended up, his wife got a job in North Carolina. He ended up going back, ended up leaving late. But part of my selling to him was, look, I, I don't want you to come and I don't want you to be a part of this if you don't fully believe in everything that I just sent you in our manual. If you don't 100% buy into it, if there's something you don't think you can follow, I'd rather not hire you. And then we kind of we carry that over into the recruiting process also. Look, this is what we're going to ask of you. This is what we're going to demand of you. And I think, you know, when you look at what we've done, you know, we've been the national championship two out of the last three years. You know, our run this year has been one that, you know, I hope we never have to do it again because I hope we win more during the regular season. But we went on the road five times in a row, okay? And we beat the, the five teams that we beat on the road had a combined record of 59 and one. We beat four undefeated teams in a row and we beat three number one teams, regional ranked teams to win, you know, to win the national championship. And I, you know, I don't think you do that unless you got a bunch of guys buying into, you know, kind of the stuff that we're talking about, obviously. And I think, you know, that's what's really generated this. Now everybody sees it. Second year, you know, we're a second year program that made it to the national championship. I mean, obviously something was clicking, you, you know what I mean? 2018, again, we had, we played five guys at quarterback. We had injuries, but we were still in games. And I think we were in games because our guys believed in it. Come back in 19, win the national championship. Again, I got a great coaching staff that, you know, we're on the same page. And then I got players that, you know, support what we're doing. And they, the reason they support it is because we've recruited to it. They see it, in our, they see it in our coaches, and then they see it in the older guys in the program. So it's, it's really a bunch of layers that have been put together. And, you know, I made a decision when I became a head coach. I want to wake up every day and be excited about the program I'm going to. And so what do I want that to look like? Hey, I want that to be one that has a lot of positive energy. I want, you know, I want that to be one where we're using our time wisely. I want it to be a group that's tight and believes in each other. So again, unity, positive energy, smart, hard work. Those are the things that we've been driving home to our team and to our guys. Uh, for your guys, um, you know, a lot of football players come to you. They, they've heard hard work. They've heard that idea. And I think you've hit on something important that it's, it's not about effort because all the best teams are put, putting in effort. So you're going to get that edge by the smart part of it. For those guys, the message to them and to get them to understand that aspect of it, the smart part of the hard work, what have you guys done in that regard? Yeah, and it, it really, it, it's every phase of our, it's every phase of our program. Uh, Kent Morgan is our strength coach, and it starts with him. You, you know, we, we probably don't lift longer than anybody else, but, you know, we, we lift very efficiently. And our weight room looks like our practices. And, you know, 
Coach Morgan will say, hey, we're in a tempo time. You know, tempo's running from station to station, doing different things, because that's how we run in between drills. You know, we started this a while ago, but, uh, you know, hey, we've, we've got apples or bananas. When we go from the, when we go from the field or to the weight room, you know, we're going to treat it a little bit like a halftime, grab a snack, grab an apple, grab a banana, grab a bar, whatever. Look, guys, we're going to talk about these things, but we're also going to implement them and we're going to do them. And what we've, what we've shown our guys is, hey, look, if I can hold a 10-minute team period and we can get somewhere between 16 and 18 plays, look, you're going to have rest in there, okay? And that's going to be a whole lot more efficient than taking, you know, what used to take 20 minutes to do that. So do you guys want to be out here for 40 minutes to get these 36 plays in, or do you want to be out here for 20 minutes? How do you want to do it? You're still going to get your rest. You're still going to get your opportunity, but we're just going to try to tempo that and make you understand that we're being efficient in what we're doing. The other thing is, I mean, we're a big stickler on time. And so, you know, I tell them, look, you know, when practice is over, practice is over. I'm not going to keep you. I'm not going to, oh, hey, you know, we didn't get this done or we weren't very good at this, you know, so let's stay out here an extra 10 minutes and get it done. I want our guys, you know, we, one, of our, one of our guidelines is be early to everything. Look, if we're ready to go and you're ready to start, we're going to get going. And then when that thing ends, that thing ends. And so I think trying to be, and, you know, trying to be as consistent as we can be in everything that we do so that our players know that we're committed to that. You know, one of the things that I came out of 2018 feeling was, we got to be better at hydration, sleep, and nutrition. And I just felt like this generation doesn't understand how to sleep. They don't understand how to eat as well. And they don't understand how to hydrate as well. Well, so with that being said, sleep was a major part of that factor. So we, we brought in different people to talk about what that looks like. But then I had to change our schedule to where during fall camp, look, I'm going to get you out earlier. Uh, I'm, I'm going to cut our evenings by about 30 minutes so that I can send you home earlier so that you can get more sleep. So I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm going to show you, look, this is what I'm doing. There's going to be two nights where we got to stay after a certain time, but for the most part, we're getting you out here at this time. Guys, I'm talking about it. You guys now got to go do it. And so it's really been a consistent message and a consistent theme on our part while also getting the buy-in from our guys that we're going to, you know, that we're going to do it as well. And then, you know, from the hydration part and the nutrition part, we're trying to do everything we can as a D2 program to just have as much of that available to them so that they can see that we're committed to it while they're with us. Coach, I, I love it. And for our listeners, you know, we do try to cover all those things here and help you work smart as well. We had a great podcast about sleep with, uh, at the time he was with the Houston Texans. He's with William and Mary now, Eric Quorum, who was just on last week or a couple weeks ago by the time you hear this, talking about being smart and how you script practice so that you condition your players for a game. Uh, we have a podcast with Anna Turner, a dietitian, a nutritionist. We'll put that on. And then a, a ton of things about you know, smart practice. Rob Everett, one of the ones that sticks out to me, he was at Bridgewater College, men in the AAF. 
And they, he talked about using an adjustment period during practice, which I think came up in Eric and I's podcast as well. So some great resources there on how to work smarter that maybe help you out here as you think about some of these things Coach has shared. So Coach, let me ask you, again, we started by saying, you know, the, the guys who reach the pinnacle, it's rare that, that there's, there's guys who get back again. So the next phase of smart, hard work for you here in 2020, at some point, we'll all get back to work here. But as you guys move forward, what's that going to be? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And it's really kind of, I mean, in, in my, I mean, how I put things together, whenever the season ends, I, I go right into self-analyzing mode because what's, what's pressing on my mind, what is, you know, what, what needs to take place and what do we need to get better at? And when 2018 ended, you know, my main thing was we were 40 minutes away from being 10 and one. Okay. We, 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 we lost four games in the last 10 minutes of each game in 2018. And so my, my deal when we first got together back in January with our team was look guys, everything we do from this point on is going to be able to find 40 minutes. Well, when we made the playoffs, I was like, all right, we've made, we found the 40 minutes. Now let's go build on it. As we ended 2019, again, just won, you know, won the national championship. I mean, the, 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 the four things that I really felt needed to take place, and I felt like, you know, one of them was kind of an overriding theme, and then the other three were, you know, a, a branch off of that. Our program theme, and we talked about this in 17, it, it's the Greek word for excellence, okay? The Greek word arete, okay? And so, you know, 2020 for us, we want to sustain excellence. So how do we want to do that? And really three things that just stuck out to me. Number one, I wanted to raise our football IQ. I felt like we, 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 we hindered ourselves uh, in certain areas by just things that we could be smarter about as a program, that I could be smarter about um, as, a, uh, as a head coach. You know, I mentioned, you know, I mentioned the one where I should have been smarter uh, in diagramming the play for uh, the young man drawing it instead of verbally saying it. And then, you know, how, how important an offside is, field positions, one of our key things that we talk about. So I want to raise our football IQ. Uh, number two, I think anytime you have success, you know, ego typically gets in the way of keeping you from having success. So we went into 2020 and, you know, our, our, our desire was we want to celebrate our teammates' success as much as possible. So our weight room, it started with that, and that's really all we got to. But for nine weeks, any opportunity we could celebrate a teammate's success, we wanted to do it. And we wanted to just continue to pump up each other and be happy if I'm a running back and another running back just, you know, got a personal uh, best. He just PR'd on bench. I want to be able to celebrate that with him. And so really taking time and spending time to make sure that we are celebrating our teammates' success. And the third thing, I just felt like, you know, so that our guys understand we're not going to do everything exactly the same. Just because we did it for 19 doesn't mean it works for 20. Was keep it fresh. And so we've just continued to find ways to make that work. And then I told them, I said, look, as players, you are, you are in charge as much as we are of keeping it fresh. Somebody's got to bring new life. We had two really good vocal leaders who graduated from UWF. Who's going to replace that? Who's going to help us keep it fresh? So, you know, our three things that I think can keep us to help us sustain excellence 
in this program, raise our IQ, celebrate our teammates' success, and keep it fresh. Well, Coach, I, I'll tell you what, I'm glad I caught up with you. And I remember just thinking back how much I loved our first conversation and the things you're doing, a lot of things I believe in and things that uh, I'm excited about. So I want to thank you for sharing all those things with us today. I know at this time right now, a lot of guys are uh, you know sitting around trying to develop professionally and I really uh, enjoy that, you know, coaches out there, uh, especially like you, are willing to contribute to this. No, I, again, I, I love listening to what you guys do, so thank you very much. I appreciate it. And, Coach, for our listeners, how can they best follow you? Yeah, on Twitter, that's probably my main, the main way that I connect with people, and so at Pete Shinnick. Coach, again, best of luck to you in 2020. And I'm excited to see what the Argonauts do and to see you guys back there again. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Coaches, again, want to remind you of what we're doing with the football development model. Please push this down to your youth coaches. I think this is a great way for you to get some organization and structure beyond what you've already done. Uh, check it out. All of our, our program development for youth football at fdm.usafootball.com. Again, check out our systems for blocking, tackling, and defeating blocks at footballdevelopment.com. If you register with your email, you get your choice of three free videos. There's some great things in there. I think things that as you get going again, you can get into the summer and maybe make up on some things that you might have lost if you had a spring ball, if you had time here in the spring to work on football. Some great drills for all those phases of contact. If you're enjoying the podcast, please have it over to iTunes or your platform and give us a five-star rate. If you have a minute, write a review. We really appreciate it, and we will read your review on our highlight show that we do at the end of the week. Thanks for listening to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast. For more resources, visit the Coach Performance Center at usafootball.com.